Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. daughter i'm lauren the mom what's going on what is happening i'm trying to recover are you <laughs> yeah from what from halloween oh jeepers from halloween weekend you, too many uh frolicking festivities yeah wow i had so much fun we did yeah we went away we did we went away yeah and we kept it a secret but we can tell you now yeah we can tell you because we have so many fun stories yeah uh we went to find uh jacob and edward cullen and black, right? <laughs> Jacob Black is it? No, yeah. Yes, Lord. Right. The number one Twilight the fan. The number over one here. Twilight fan ever. We went yeah. to Forks, Washington. Forks. Oh my I gosh! Know. Wow. And it was an adventure. It was an adventure. Wow. We the had scenery. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah. And we're going to have lots of stories about that. But I have one. Do you specifically? Yeah, because this was not on. The plan. Okay. You know. Okay. Right? We went off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Well, we never usually plan too heavily, but I had heard tell that the world's largest spruce. Oh, my God. Was going to be on our way. I was like, we got to go. I got to see the world's tallest spruce. We were driving through the Olympic National Forest. Correct. And it was in there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, of course, you were excited about that. Absolutely. So, it was Lake Quinault. Yeah. And the Quinault Lodge. Oh, my was gosh. was built, like, in the 1800s. Gorgeous. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. Walked around the lake. With the fall scenery, too. Wow. Could not find the damn spruce, right? Saw the sign for the spruce. She was upset. Did not see the spruce. She was getting a little salty. But then I, you know, I got out with the pines and, you know... Uh, the lake. You're like, that'll do, I guess. And then I was like, there has to be a gift shop in this lodge. Oh my gosh, right? yeah. Oh. And so I'm like, where else do I love to be, rather than nature, in a gift shop? If I can't see the spruce, <laughs> give me a tchotchke. Right. right. So I go in and, you know, what did I pick? A book about plants of that are native to that area, uh, the Olympic National Forest. And so I went up and I was talking to the guy. Well, you're all, you you guys were all waiting outside. And you're yeah. like looking in the window, banging on the window like... <laughs> What the hell are you doing I in there? You know what? You make me sound like such a bitch. <laughs> of course. So it was. Well, I wasn't was there for three. quite some time. Let me excuse me. It was us four. Ooh. Okay, us fact check Jake Nanook and Phil and Keith. Our BFFs flew right, in. Right. All right. So I cannot stress enough how slow Laura is. We, I am. we love her. We yeah. love her. But like it was getting dark, and when I tell you there was one road into Forks. Like no lights, you know, <laughs> no it was like, street. it's like, come on, girl, <laughs> wrap it up. Time's She's in ticket. there trying to like make a connection with this man about the pine. Well, yeah. So you guys said that this guy was flirting with me and I was simply asking what native pines grow in that area. And so he's like, hey, I can print you out some info. And I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. And by the way, where is the world's largest Pine, She's which, like, I don't care about you and your flirtatious ways. Which, give me the tree. Just, I just want to know what that kind of pines. dirty. <laughs> what kind of pines are grown around here? Right. Yeah. Which Phil dubbed Bruce the Spruce. Yes. Right. Phil so named Bruce the Spruce. This gentleman tells me all you gotta do is go down the road a little bit, and there'll be like 
a, a little community of cabins. Right. And it's privately owned, but you can pull in there. Don't you worry about it. Yeah. They're fine. Meanwhile, we neglected to say that it had been raining mm. buckets for days before we went. I guess we're in Washington. I thought it went without saying. Yeah. Right, right, right. So we get down, we park the cabin, and it looks like somebody's peering out the window at us. So you guys are like, I'll just wait in the car. Where's the spruce? Because we saw the sign for the spruce. We did. We kept seeing the damn sign. I get out, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I get in here like, what is happening? And I, I took a step, <laughs> and my foot went all the way down into a mud hole. Her faux Ugg boot. My faux, yeah, my faux Ugg boot ruined. Absolutely <laughs> ruined. It was up to my kneecap. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait, when you get out of the car, this looks like ground, not ground. It's very soft. My foot went down, and I'm like... One leg is up and the other leg is again pissed. <laughs> now she's getting real pissed. And, and you're like, let's just go. And I was like, I will find this spruce. So you and Keith finally, you know. We found a path. Yeah. Well, you and Phil attempted to walk with, and then you were like, mud, water, no. forget it. And Phil, I was like, the boots are already fucked. Phil let's had go. on a nice pair of boots. Yes. I had on a nice pair of sweatpants. <laughs> you know, I wasn't risking those sweats <laughs> in the mud. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to see the spruce. And lo and behold. Was she, was it gorgeous? Whew, magical. Wow. Absolutely magical. You got your picture taken. The roots, just the root system alone was, you know. Wow. Crazy. I, girthy. I'm still. <laughs> big girthy. Girthy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This was the hugest tree I've ever seen in my life. Well, Laura. It was awesome. I'm so happy for you. It was a magical moment. It was. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of magical moments with nature. I'm sure we will continue to share stories, uh, yes. but wow. I hope you all had a good Halloween weekend. Yes. Yeah. Laura was flirting with. Pine Man and Bruce the Spruce. Bruce All right. the Spruce. What a great weekend. <laughs> Even got a little pine cone. Of course yeah. you did. Magical. You little Magical. cutie. You little cutie. All right. Well, with, with that, that said, yeah. hey, Fact Check Jake, do we have some patrons to thank today? We sure do. We have three patrons to thank. Oh, my goodness. Woo. We have India Lee, Minnie Wheat, and Colleen. Mini wheat. I love that. I love that. Shout wow. Out to love wheat. a bunch. Thank you. Hey, welcome to the fam. Hope welcome, you're having new friends. Fun on the old Patreon channel there. Yeah, there are a lot of fun things to see over there. So yes. if you would also like to join and check it out, that will be linked in our show notes. Yes, go on and check it out. Go on, check it out. Are you ready to jump into it? I am so ready. I am also ready. All right. I am doing one of the most requested. Yeah. Shows today. Whoa. Yes. I am tackling over the garden wall. Mm. Uh, Drinking. <laughs> Lord took the that giant ass gulp of my coffee. Oh my I, God. Do I, I hear an ice cube? <gasps> Jake. Ha <laughs> Contraband. You're going to get me in trouble. later. Damn, I, I forgot. Fuck. It's just less time we spend together. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him making oh. me feel like a big pile no, of shit. The guilt. The guilt was thick. <laughs> Damn, all for an ice cube lore. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Oh, no. Anywho, over the garden wall. I had never seen it. Me either. I had heard of it, but then when we started getting requests, I was mm -hmm. like, all right, all right. Like, I got to check this out. And holy shit, it's perfect for this season. Yeah. And I'm glad I waited for November because I'm still, you know, 
You're of still, course I'm missing Halloween. Of course. I always am. But yeah. but this still has that vibe. Helps you linger a bit. Yeah. It's not specifically Halloween mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. It's very fall autumn. I know. You had me watch it last night. It's gorgeous. 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 All right. So it is a 2014 comedy fantasy TV miniseries. Love it. Love it. Rated TV PG. Wow. Spectacular. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, there are 10 chapters, okay, and okay. they're each 11 minutes each, so it oh is not that long. No. All right, so please go watch it. I think it's on HBO right now. Okay. Hello. All right, the tagline. Why did I say that? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't know. It's one of those days. I'm in a silly, goofy mood, I guess. All right, the tagline, will you take a peek over the garden wall? I sure will. I sure will. Laura, you were hanging on the edge of your seat. Oh, my God. And you're like all in pink today. You're just I a know, joy. right? Wow. Ah, Gorgeous. Cute. All right. So it is a continuation of the 2013 animated short film, Tomb of the Unknown. Okay. So technically there are 11 little chapters. I uh-huh. recommend you going and watching the Tomb of the Unknown first. Okay. And then going to Over the Garden Wall. Do it. All right. All created by Patrick McHale. Love it. With some help from Katie Krentz. Oh, Katie. All, All right. right. Here's your cast. Elijah Wood is Wirt. Oh, I am born on the same day as Elijah Wood. I love to tell people that because I think he's so cool. Because you love him so much. I love him. He just seems like a cool, really like fun guy, really smart. I don't know. I love him. And I got Chad Michael Meyer. Well, I know. You're <laughs> she's salty about it, but she secretly loves it. All right. You love Chad Michael Murray. Admit it right, right now. <laughs> All right. Colin Dean as Gregory. Melanie Linsky as Beatrice. Christopher Lloyd as the Woodsman. Samuel Raimi as the Beast. Like the Sam Raimi? Oh my gosh, is it? What? Hold on. I did not connect that dot. Sometimes I'm like, like just going so fast. Samuel Raimi? I think because it was Samuel and Instead I'm used of- to calling him Sam. I do not believe it is the same Samuel. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Panic attack averted. I yes. was like, if I, for those of you who don't know, Sam Raimi is the one responsible for Evil Dead, which Correct. I love. And yes. so I was like, bitch, if I just missed that, hold on. And yeah. uh, Samuel Raimi is an Ameri- American operatic bass baritone. Uh, oh, not okay. the same. So what we have learned here today is no. Ne- Necronomicon, <laughs> Evil Dead, director, and oh, wow. soprano baritone. Wow. We really went places. Completely different. Our apologies. For the filmmaker. <laughs> fuck. See, I told you he was specifically Sam. That's why I didn't catch it. All right, fuck it. Moving on. All right. We have John Cleese. Oh, love we him. love mm-hmm. as Adelaide and Quincy Endicott, Tim Curry. Oh, love him. The master as Auntie Whispers and BB Newworth as Marguerite Gray. Oh, BB. All right. So the way I'm going to do this, the I'm faculty. not. I had to say it. What did you say? <laughs> BB. The faculty. <laughs> was BB Newworth also in the faculty? She was the principal. Thank you. <laughs> There's some trivia for you. <laughs> Literally, she can't do it. Like, you all hear it in real time. She cannot let a detail go. I love it, though. Like, fucking hell. All right. Anyway, as I was saying, the way I'm going to do this is kind of start with the first two chapters. Okay. And then jump. 
Okay, because each chapter is like its own little magical adventure. And I simply, even though it's a short series, I don't have the time. Really? Yeah, because each one is so specific and there's so much you could do. So, of course, we'll do multiple episodes. I'm going to kind of give you the rundown first. All right, give it to me. So it begins with a tiny little frog playing a ditty on the piano. So cute. Uh, With the narrator introducing a mysterious place few have ever seen called the unknown. Ooh, so again, few people have ever seen it, but at the start of the show, half-brothers Wirt and Greg find themselves completely lost throughout the woods of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Wirt is the older of the two. Uh, He is super serious, a little bit dramatic. Mm -hmm. He's like a teen. Right, right. (laughs) An Uh, angsty teen. Yep, a scaredy cat, uh, and he likes to rock a big red gnome hat with a little cape. Hey, I'm there with We love to see it. Uh, Greg is the younger brother. I love Greg. Uh, He's hysterical. He's goofy, has a pet frog, and is totally fascinated by everything. Right. And he has a silver pot on his head. He does, yes. He's wearing (laughs) a a teapot on his head. And pockets full of candy. (laughs) Pockets full of candy. Uh, He's not afraid of anything. He's like a bit of a wild card. He just kind of runs off Mm -hmm. on his own a lot. I love him. Uh, So the pair is walking through the woods of the unknown when they stumble upon a woodsman chopping trees. The woodsman is totally thrown by their presence and tells them that these woods are no place for children with a beast running around. Beast. Oh, shit. Uh, The beast is the death of hope who stalks like the night and steals children. Wow. Wow. That's deep. It's a bit dramatic. (laughs) I'd be like, I I could get lost in thought there, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's kind of like a deep show if you let it be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, The slightly spooky man offers to help them find a way out of the unknown, pointing them north and telling them to hit the musty dusty as soon as possible. And again, beware of the unknown. He can't stress that enough, man. All right. Right, right. He's like, you're more lost than you think, basically. Yeah. It was a little gloomy. (laughs) And have fun. Be on your way. Peace. All right. (laughs) So then we go to chapter two. Right. All right. And this is Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. And this is kind of my main focus. Yeah. Because it's my favorite. It it was cute. Super cute. All right. So Wirt, Greg, and Greg's pet frog, who has a different name every two seconds. All right. Set off on their adventure to escape the woods towards a town called Pottsfield that's one mile away. Uh, On their route, they come across a talking bluebird named Beatrice who is stuck in a bush and have after helping her. (laughs) Stuck in a bush. New band name. (laughs) So I'm trying to be later. (laughs) Oh, Jacob. That was a good one. I'm blushing. I like the way you said it, though. (laughs) Stuck in a bush. Stuck in a bush. (laughs) Is that your hit song? Stuck in a bush by Stuck in a Bush. (laughs) I love that for you. (laughs) Okay. All right. Stuck in a... Okay. Big country by Big... (laughs) Oh, my God. This episode is madness. Bear with us. We're recovering. All right. Anyway, the bird in the bush... (laughs) All right. After Greg helps her out, she joins them on their journey. Right. All right. As they approach Pottsfield, they notice a shit ton of pumpkins along their path. Mm-hmm. Cute. Wirt, Greg, the frog, and Beatrice arrive at the dreamy little town to find that it is empty and possibly abandoned. Hmm. Bummer. That sucks. They think that they've struck out until they hear some ruckus coming from a nearby barn. Mm-hmm. So the gang heads over to find a big harvest festival inside with little pumpkin people dancing all around a maypole. They're mm-hmm. celebrating. They're carving veggies. They're enjoying themselves. All right. It's so cute. I'm right there. I love it so mm-hmm. much. But big old bummer work. He's being a skill. Yeah. All right. And he wanders off to ask someone for help to get the fuck out of there. 
Wirt. He bumps into a little pumpkin head girl yeah. who tells Wirt that he has arrived a bit too early in Pottsfield. Hmm. All right. And that no one ever just passes through this town. And it's like super creepy. Right, right, <laughs> for right. For a little yes. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wirt gets spooked and says pretty loudly that he would like to leave, like right, now. Right. The party stops, and all of the pumpkin people start to corner our friends. They're like, why do you mm-hmm. want to leave? They aren't too happy that someone would interrupt their harvest celebration and then rudely leave. Right. All right. Out of the shadows drops a giant pumpkin man with a very deep, soothing voice. Yeah. Love it. Uh, soothing. He, we realize that he was actually the maypole. They were celebrating uh, around. Yes. His name is Enoch, and he instructs the gang that they are guilty of trespassing, destruction of property, because they stepped on they stopped on a bunch of pumpkins. They stopped on it. <laughs> they stepped on a bunch of pumpkins on their way in, mm-hmm. uh, and disturbing the peace. Wow! Wow! Their punishment: a few hours of manual labor in the Pottsfield fields. For your illegal activities. That's not too bad. Right, right. So then, like, some beautiful music plays, and Wirt, Greg, and Beatrice go into the fields and pick the pumpkins. They gather the corn. They dig some holes. Didn't they have shackles on their feet? Well, the bird did, so she uh, couldn't fly away. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Uh, they assume they are digging holes for their own graves, because oh, there's no. an element of spookiness here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they soon find out that they are actually helping dig up a Pottsfield resident named Larry. Oh, Larry. Welcome to the party. Welcome, Larry. Larry is nothing but bones, and the other pumpkin people have a nice pumpkin head and suit waiting for him when he crawls mm-hmm. out of his grave. Cute. Adorable. Pottsfield celebrates the return of Life of the Party Larry. I love it. And rings in the end of their harvest altogether. Uh, Wirt, Gregory, Frog, and Beatrice bid the town farewell. Enoch says he will see them soon. Uh Uh-oh. And the gang walks deeper into the unknown. Don't like that. Don't like that one bit. I love Enoch. Mm -hmm. Cute. That's my favorite episode, hands down. So what is going on? What's right. happening? What's going on? Where are Wirt and Greg? So I'm going to mm-hmm. kind of wrap it up. There are a ton of episodes yeah. in the middle. So from here on out, each episode basically focuses, like I said, on a different adventure or challenge that Wirt and Greg come across mm-hmm. in the unknown. Right. There's a schoolhouse filled with talking animals. Uh, the Frogland Fairy. Love it. Which is a fairy run by frogs. Cute. A witch named Auntie Whispers. Super creepy. Tim, That's Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. The Queen of the Clouds, uh, dream sequences, songs, lots of spooky encounters with strange characters, and of course, the main one being the beast yeah. that we keep hearing mm-hmm. about. Right. So, what is the unknown? What is it? All right. In chapter nine, it takes us all the way back to the beginning and explains okay. what is going on. So, from here on out, this is a major spoiler alert if mm-hmm. you don't want to know these things. Right. All right. Before you watch it, maybe pause here. All right. So, it's Halloween. Halloween. Wirt is stressed making a mixtape for his crush, Sarah. Mixtape? I know. I love a mixtape. I love tape. a mixtape. And he tape. was doing like the real mixtape. Oh, come on, Dude, Wirt. I could totally get down with a mixtape. Right? Um, and he's gathering his kick-ass gnome wizard costume that I told you about. He walks into the unknown of his high school football game, mm. all right, with his little brother, Gregory, who is dressed as an elephant, which is oh. why he is wearing the upside-down teapot because it looks like a trunk. Cute. Uh, before they go trick-or-treating. Uh, Greg snatches Wirt's mixtape and immediately runs it over to Sarah because he thinks he's helping Wirt. He is. Mm-hmm. All of her friends get a hold of it too, so it's like super embarrassing for Wirt. Oh, all right, Wirt. we've all been there. Yeah, we've, we've all, all been, been there. Wirt. Sarah and her friends head to the cemetery to tell spooky stories, and Wirt and Greg follow behind to try and like get the mixtape back oh. because. You know, too late. It's too super late, cringy. Friends. Is any mixtape not <laughs> super cringy? embarrassing and cringy? 
Hmm. Mm. It all has an element of cringe, you know? The cops find this little graveyard shindig, all right, okay. and they break it up because uh, they're on private property. Okay. Wirt and Greg run away, climbing up a tree and over a garden wall to try uh, and escape. The pair lands on some train tracks, and of course, a train is heading right towards them. So they have to jump out of the way real quick, and uh-huh. they take a mean tumble down a hill, landing in a lake unconscious. Oh, cute. Oh, uh, I mean, not cute, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, it's not cute, but I like the tie-in. Oh. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. After They're unconscious. After it left, oh, after it left, after it left my <laughs> the unknown and the unconscious. I know exactly yeah. what you meant, but that was fucking hilarious. All right. I love that for those kids. <laughs> While they are adorably unconscious, apparently comfortably numb. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, they entered the unknown. Right. Which is like a land between life and death, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, no more spoilers. Okay. All right. There are so many more details about the specific characters, the woodsman, the beast, yeah. the unknown. Um, that was is not going to be my lesson because, okay. of course, it's a lot about death. Right. Um, but the show is also very magical and light. Like, it's not right. super dark so and i've talked a lot about that recently so i am going to focus more on the harvest season magic in your favorite little vignette yeah from the the episode two okay um with enoch and the little pumpkin people how's that sound because it's november right i'm trying to carry that vibe so let's talk about it harvest season so as wirt and greg are walking into pottsfield a song is playing, and it is literally explaining the ritual the town partakes in every autumn. Okay. So here it is. I'm going to say so many of these words wrong because oh it's, no. it's in, like, old style. <laughs> oh, no. Can it's you old style. G- give me the accent, too? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you know I'm not going to try to do that. Every accent she does comes out sounding like the Swedish chef. It does. It's so embarrassing. We'd lose so many followers because it sounds like I'm being rude, but I... Just can't do it. I just can't. Okay. Anywho, here's the Pottsfield song. I applaud your efforts. Thank you, Laura. You're you know I'd like I to try. Hear some effort. I know you do. You know what, Jacob? Stop it right now. I'll talk to you later. You see me after class. All right, Pottsfield song. Mm-hmm. From flesh removed, our chalk footfall tempers this holy ground, where timeless spirits meet round the heart of Pottsfield town. All right, so the residents of Pottsfield are celebrating an autumn harvest, right? Right. Of course, this isn't just any harvest, though. It's a harvest of souls. So the flesh-removed chalk football means they're skeletons. They're right. dead. Right. So the song continues. Oh, hi, the fourth. Oh, we're golden mead. Yes. <laughs> Yawn is the maple set. Lore, stifle it. <laughs> A ribbon to wind thy soul and to bind love to thy breast. Fuck off. <laughs> I think I nailed it. Okay. So... <laughs> Did you get that? I did. Okay. Yawn. You should have sang it with the Twilight uh, <laughs> melody. Did I sound pit to Pittsburgh? No. Did it, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, fuck. All right. So the use of the maypole here mm-hmm. is not supposed to be taken literally, right? Because it's not a May festival. It's right. an autumn festival, hence right. the golden mead. Okay. All right. Instead, the maypole represents Enoch. Okay. Who is like the leader of the town mm-hmm. and the one who initiates this ritual, we assume. Okay. Um, and his ceremony of bringing forth new life. Okay. Cool, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was kind of like following this path. Okay. And fact check Jake got his hands on like a shit ton of old books. Yeah. 
for us to go and reference yeah. like mythology books, folklore, occult books. Yeah. We, yeah, we should, you know, we are trying to start an occult library. We are, and we're trying to deep dive because there's only mm. so much you can find on the internet, yes, right? So yes. we're going like way back. And so we have one called Ancient Legends, Mystic Charms and Superstitions of Ireland from 1888. I'm so there. Right? You're going to like, oh yeah. my gosh. All right. By Lady Jane Francesca Agnes. Lady Jane. Lady Jane. And there is a chapter and section all on November spells that we found. Okay. So according to the text, the ancient Irish split the year into summer, which began in May, Mm -hmm. and winter, which began in November. Okay. So the light and the dark, like Beltane and Samhain, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't necessarily, but this is like, we're going way back, Way back, yeah. So in winter, it was said that the power of darkness was at an all-time high, Mm -hmm. and specifically November Eve, which is Halloween, has a lot of extra juice. So autumn and winter is a time of change when the veil between the living and dead is thinnest, and there's a big focus on right. death and rebirth, right? which there is in Over the Garden Wall as yes. well, which is why it's perfect that they chose that time, right? right? So on November Eve, the dead can be made to appear through certain rituals. Okay. And there's a direct quote from this book. It is firmly believed that the dead really leave their graves and have the power to appear amongst the living. Okay. So remember that Wirt and Greg get lost on mm-hmm. Halloween, putting them in Pottsfield, either on Halloween or November 1st. Right. So obviously pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns are a huge part of the autumn season. Of course. And I think... Yeah, and you talked about specifically jack-o'-lanterns and I think the Halloween tree episode. Yes, I think. Like last Halloween. In one of the Halloween episodes last year, yeah. Quick recap, there's an Irish folktale of Stingy Jack. Yes. Right, a man Mm -hmm. who tricked the devil twice and was therefore banned from heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. But the devil was a little nice to Jack and gave him an ember of coal for his turn-up lantern to light his way right. as he wanders eternally between both worlds. Correct. So you can see the connection between that and mm-hmm. what's going on in Over the Garden Wall. Right. Um, so there are superstitions stating that jack-o'-lanterns are actually spirits that have no rest in the grave and must hover between heaven and earth. Right. And also they are seen as figures of fire and they are said to mislead people. Mm. So I really like specifically Enoch, I think right. represents all of this really well because obviously mm-hmm. they're between between the life ve- and yeah, death, yeah. you know, they're in the veil mm-hmm. and he's kind of misleading. Like when yes. you first meet him, he yeah. has this very creepy voice and you kind of think yeah. he's Double like, talk. yeah, you yeah. think he's bad, but then mm-hmm. he's not. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I yeah. just really liked the connection yeah. to those deep roots yeah. of this yeah, season. Yeah, cute. So that is my lesson. I love that. Right? It's very cute. I am starting to really enjoy November. I love that for you. Thank you. I used to hate it. Yeah. Because I would get so sad that October is over. And I'm like, you know what? No, there's November magic, damn it. It's the month of gratitude. Right. I love that lore. Boom. Wow. Would you like some fun and random facts? I love it. All right. So Pottsfield is a reference to a potter's field, Mm -hmm. which is a burial place for the unknown or unclaimed. Mm Mm-hmm. You would know this had you watched oh boy. It's a Wonderful Life with me. Yeah, <sighs> Potter's Field. Are you so exposing me to the world? I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> it's it. like one, one of, of those where if someone tells me to watch something too much, yeah. I'll just say no. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I learned what a Potter's Field was there from you this. Go. I like that more. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, the pumpkin spirits in Potsfield resemble corn husk dolls or kern babies. 
which are part of harvest rituals. A kernel of kern. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Kurge. Oh my God, <laughs> I just pictured Nicholas Cage as like a corn husk doll. Oh no. Which I'm really going to need. That's terrifying. I see a movie in his future. Don't let him get a hold of me saying that. <laughs> Have you seen the fucking movies that that man has uh, made lately? He's been cranking out some, oh, wow. some turds. <laughs> He's been cr- cranking out some clinkers. Uh, all right. It is revealed at the end that Enoch is actually a black cat under mm. that pumpkin. Uh-huh. Cute. And we talked about black cats last week. We did. Yay. Speaking of Enoch, his name is a biblical reference. That's correct. Yeah. So I think everything in this show is very, very well thought out was my mm-hmm. point with that. Like yeah. everything means something in this show. I for love sure. that. Yeah. Uh, the inspiration for the story and visual aesthetic was children's literature, folk art, Old Halloween postcards. Which is why you said I would oh love my it. Gosh, it's so I love beautiful. That. And the feeling of autumn in New England. And <gasps> holy shit, do you get that vibe? Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. I just said to fact check Jake last night that our wedding cake topper. Mm, yes. Look, it looks very, very much like this because yeah. I've always loved and because mm-hmm. you always had around yeah. the house those old vintage like autumn mm-hmm. cards and oh my gosh yeah. and this show just nails it. Yeah. Um it's the gorgeous. score and the soundtrack nails it too. All right. It's filled with pre-1950s music, lots of like folksy, very pastoral mm-hmm. style music all throughout. Super refreshing and different. Love it. I feel like you don't hear a lot of that, especially right. this is on Cartoon Network. Right. Right. That's shocking. I know. Um, there's lots of other cool symbolism and magic throughout. Like I said, uh, mm-hmm. frogs were a big part, which is yeah. why I think I could do this again because frogs appear in magic yeah, a lot. Yeah. Peacocks, like there's a lot yeah. of symbolism. Okay. Uh, this was the first mini series on Cartoon Network. I love that. Isn't that neat? Interesting. And it was broadcast in the span of a single week. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I could see that because you would want... Uh, yeah, you'd want to Because they're them. so short, 11 minutes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. If I had to wait... Ooh. If I had to wait a month or a week. <laughs> Our patience huh. is so thin. <laughs> Fuck. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, a comic book adaptation was released in 2014 for those of you who like comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, different time periods are represented all throughout the unknown. Okay. Right? Cuz remember it's between life and death right, so you're right, seeing right. all kinds of different yeah. people, right? Yeah. Uh like for example, Beatrice the Bird is supposed to be from the Regency era, which was 1795 to 1837. Oh wow. So like the clothes and the way they uh, talk, okay. you'll see it reflected. It's right. very neat, very neat. Uh wonderfully beautifully Odd and strange story and yeah, characters. Yeah. Um, stunning visuals, like we keep saying, absolutely perfect for this time of year. Like November specifically, if yeah. you are looking for something to watch, here you go. Love it. 10 I out of 10. It. Thank you it. for those of you who recommended this to me. Um, I didn't go into like the death lessons, but right. that is why it was recommended to me. And mm-hmm. I, I took those lessons and they were very special. Oh, and wonderful. So thank you to those of you who recommended that. And awesome. go watch it. Yeah, I like the two little episodes I watch. I have to finish watching. Yeah, wow, it's so gorgeous. Cute. Love it. Yeah, love it. All right, all right, awesome. So I'm up to bat. You're up to bat. Awesome. All right, so I'm doing an oldie but goodie today. An oldie but goodie. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this movie, but I'm doing Willow. Willow. I did not know this movie you before did not. you told me about right. it. And I remember this, you know, as a teenager watching this. 1988. Oh, wow. Dark fantasy drama. I love a dark fantasy. Don't I really you? do. Yeah. 
Love it. Very never-ending story vibes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. All right, directed by Ron Howard. Ah, there Ronnie. you go. Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. I think it's so interesting because if you are my age or maybe even a little bit older, you either know Ron Howard as Opie from the Andy Griffith Show or... Happy Days. From Happy Days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richie Cunningham. I remember him from Happy Days and I remember him because didn't he do The Grinch? <laughs> Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this man has that. He was a teenager or whatever when he did and Happy American Days. And American Graffiti. Okay. Yes. Am yes. I a Ron Howard there, fan? There you go. But I mean, he has this huge body of work. Where he does. He's this director. And I'm like, oh, Willow. And then I'm trying to think like, what are the other things that he directed? And I could think of, you know, yeah, The Grinch. Yeah, there are a lot. Oh, I know. There are I think, a lot. I think did he do uh, the Dan Brown thing? With uh, yeah, the Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. He did did yeah. he really? That was Ron Howard. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. All right. All but right. I mean, he has a huge body of work, and I'm like Opie. And that was Richie Ron Cunningham. Howard. One hundred and one. Right there. With you go. Uncle Bob's magic with Uncle Bob's. cabinet. There you go. Uh, produced by George Lucas. Oh shit. Okay. Right? Why don't people know this movie? Then? Exactly. Uh, screenplay written by Bob Dolman, based on a story written by George Lucas. Okay. There you go. All right. 35 mil budget, mm-hmm. 137 box office. That's good, isn't Two it? Two hours and six minutes. Holy shit. Is it really? Yes. That's I, why I haven't seen it. Mm. You know, I think we talked about this. I don't even know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but you know, when I was a kid and you paid to get into a movie theater, you were there to see a movie, not this one hour, 30 minute shit. It better be at least two. <laughs> you would have no, felt ripped you, off at You gave up your day. You gave up your day. You good, know? good point. Good right, to right? know. <laughs> All right. Here's the cast. Okay. Warwick Davis as Willow Offgood. I love that name. Yes. You would also know him from Leprechaun, right? Yes. 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 Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan. Cool. Joanne Wally as Sorsha. Jean Marsh as Queen Bavmorda of Mm -hmm. Nakmar. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saying it with such vigor. You know. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Wanted to get it out there. Uh, Billy Barty is the high Aldwin. Mm. Uh, Kevin, pa- when I realized that Kevin Pollock was in this, he plays Rule, a brownie. Okay. Right? Yay. Oh, my gosh. You, I didn't recognize him because he's in costume, but then the voice. I heard the voice. She's all that. Usual suspects, right? Oh, my gosh. He's that thing you do. <laughs> Laura. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> I love him. Jake is just He's ready shaking to kill his me. damn head. You I are am, on fire today. I love Kevin wow. Pollack. I really do. He's such a great actor. <laughs> All right. We ready? Yes. See, my cast was low, though, so I could. She I had could, to get some extra deets in. Her I cast could was low, Jake. expand on the movies that Put these folks were in. Put some respect on your Virgo mother-in-law, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's the plot. Okay. All right? Yes. You ready? No surprise. We have an evil queen. All right? Oh, damn. But she also happens to be an evil sorceress queen. Is that different? Well, yes. Well, yeah, because you could just be an evil queen and not magical. Oh, oh you know what? You're right. Right, right? Or thank you, you for me? that. That's yes. why I had to differentiate. Thank you. All right. She rules Nakmar. <laughs> <laughs> and her name is Queen Bavmorda. Okay. All right. Uh, she gets wind of an ancient prophecy, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dakini, which means human. Okay. Baby will be born with a special birthmark in the shape of a rune. Cute. This wee babe will bring about the queen's demise. Oh, shit. Not good for her. Not good for her. Of course, to circumvent this unfortunate situation, at least in her eyes, she decides to throw all of the pregnant women into the castle jail. 
Oh. Evil queen. Oh, shit. Oh, right. right. You did right. say that. I did say that. Um, the queen must perform a ritual on the magic babe to exile its spirit into oblivion. Jeez, Thus, okay. Right. Thus allowing the queen to maintain her evil role. Oh, that old tale. I know. <laughs> Heard that before. Uh, when our wee lass is finally born... The mother convinces the midwife to smuggle the child out of the castle jail. Good plan. And save her life. Uh, needless to say, that does not bode well for mom, R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. mom. And the queen sends her hellhounds after the midwife. Oh, shit. Right? Hot on her trail, she sends the baby afloat on a makeshift. A makeshift. <laughs> you want to try that one more time? <laughs> a makeshift raft. A make <laughs> I thought you were going to say a makeshift raft. <laughs> well, it probably was shit. <laughs> Jeez, way to drag it. She sends it down, the poor baby down the river, right? Oh, shit. Okay. So the babe sails downstream, mm-hmm. ends up in the land of Nelwyn. Okay. Which is the land of dwarves. Okay. Which is the movie's terminology. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, she is found by Willow Ufgood, farmer by day, aspiring sorcerer by night. I mean, shit. Right? All right, Willow. And his family. Of course, they fall instantly in love with this cutie pie, and they want to keep her, Aww. right? Yeah. Um, as Willow makes his way to the village festival, where the High Aldwin may choose an apprentice sorcerer, which Willow desires to become, Aww. they all have to stand up, and he asks the question of each prospective candidate, and he asks them to choose one of his fingers. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, no one chooses the correct finger. Oh. And so there will be no apprentice this season. Is Willow devastated? He's pretty bummed out because he had really been practicing his magic for this occasion. Damn. Right? All right. Yeah. Uh, So the High Aldwin asks Willow, what was his first instinct when he asked the question? Instinct? His instinct. (laughs) Instinct. New band name. (laughs) She said instinct. Instinct and instinct cover band. New band name, I call it. (laughs) Yes. So he asked him what his instinct instinct was when he answered the question yeah. and he said to choose my own finger and he said that was the right answer oh no so I'm you have cry. you have to trust your gut right your uh, instinct trust now she's your, gonna be mad because right? i called her out wow so willow trust your gut is the it's, lesson that's the lesson there oh okay right there's no time to be bummed out because the queen's hounds have sniffed out the babe oh, and shit. the village is not safe the High Aldwin sends Willow and some village volunteers to return the babe to where she belongs and where she and they will be safe. Aww. On the journey, they run into Mad Mardigan, okay. who is a soldier of fortune. Mm. Right? Good or bad? A soldier of fortune would be like a mercenary, somebody okay. that plays sides for money. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll help you win your war. But what okay. am I getting out of it? Oh, Soldier I didn't know that, of fortune. I didn't know that was a term. Yes. Like that was a term for that. Cool, yes, Lord. Yes, uh, He's imprisoned in a cage out in the elements without food and water, which oh. is slow torture, really, yeah. because, you know, he's a soldier of fortune. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Mad Mardigan agrees to take the babe to where she belongs in exchange for his freedom. Willow agrees. And Mad Mardigan heads off with the baby, right? Okay. But the and the gang is about to head home. All right. They're going back to their village. Yeah. When they discover the baby has been usurped by a band of brownies. Oh no. Which you've talked about. Yeah, I think so, we talked about brownies in the Spiderwick Chronicles episode. Yeah. They're so, fairies. They're fairies. When Willow attempts to pursue them, he's captured by the brownies and taken to the fairy queen, Sherlindia. 
Oh. Okay. She explains that the wee babe's name is Alora Dannon. Okay, love that. Mm-hmm. And she's actually a princess of the town called Tir Aslina. Wow. And her coming was foretold. You know what? I'm really She's, proud of you for all of these names. Yes? Yeah. Am I doing well? You are. All I right. can see the concentration, I'm and like, I just want you to know that it's not going unappreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so she entrusts Willow with a magic wand and instructs him to take Alora to the enchantress, Finn Raziel, who can protect her. Wow. Okay. We're twisting. Okay. We're bobbing and weaving. We're bobbing and weaving. There right. is a lot going on in this movie. Two hours. Two hours, folks. <laughs> She's like, may I remind right. you? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to whoop. All right, so Willa continues the journey with Alora and two of the brownies. Okay. Okay. Soon after, he encounters Mad Mardigan in the town pub. Just in time, though, because Sorsha, <laughs> who is the queen's daughter, <laughs> and okay. her army yeah. have caught up with Willow. Okay. And the babe. Yeah. Mad Mardigan creates a diversion. Nice. And they all escape. Okay. Okay. I was still trying to figure out if Mad Mardigan was good or bad. Right. <laughs> I it depends sure. on It depends on what I he's know. getting That's out of That's what it. I was there like. Uh... <laughs> Soldier fortune. Uh, Mad Mardigan helps Willow get Alora to Finn Raziel. Mm-hmm. But alas, the queen had turned her into a possum. Into a, Oh. Right? I did not think. That's what you were going to say. Interesting choice. So you were going to say animals. stone? No, no. It was a possum. Oh, all right. She tells Willow that he must use the wand to restore her to her human self. Use that wand, Willow. Right. Yes. But he has no confidence. Right? No. So his attempts fail, and he ends up turning her into a raven instead. Okay. Well, that's kind of badass. You know. I know. I'd I, rather be a raven than I'd a possum. I'd be like, leave me like this. <laughs> Don't change me back. Don't try it again. <laughs> Could be a slug, right? (laughs) (laughs) The group ends up being captured by Sorsha and her soldiers, and they set out to take them to the queen. There are many escapes and antics and happenings that, you know, go on and on. It's an adventure. Right. So go watch the movie. But somewhere in the midst of all this, the brownies accidentally sprinkle some fairy dust on Mad Mardigan, which causes him, of course, to fall head over heels in love with Sorsha. Okay, cute. Right? Who, of course, then totally sees the error of her ways and switches sides against her evil queen mom. No shit. To help Mardigan, Willow, and Alora. Okay, wow. A twist I did not expect. The baby is taken to the queen in which she prepares to perform the ritual. Oh, fuck. Okay. In the meantime, Willow is still trying to turn Finn Raziel into her human form. Willow. Each time is an epic fail. (laughs) All told, after the raven, she becomes a goat, an ostrich, a peacock, a tortoise, and a tiger before he finally gets his shit straight and returns her to her human self. Well, you know what? It was a long road, but Willow, you've done it. Congratulations, She aged incredibly during that time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, you know, they get it all together. She ends up doing battle with the queen, Mm -hmm. but she, but she, she fails. And ultimately, it falls to Willow. To save the day of course it and does. take out the queen. Of course it does. You can do it. <laughs> R.I.P. to the queen. R.I.P. The land is good. Yeah. Finn Raziel bestows a book of magic to Willow, telling him he will become a fine sorcerer. His village welcomes him back. Fuck yeah. And Mad Mardigan and Sorsha are a couple, and they have seen to taken up parental stewardship of Alora. So, oh, damn. Okay, I like that. How did Willow do it, Mom? How did, How did Willow do defeat the queen? Uh, a sleight of hand magic trick. Oh, ooh, okay. He distracted. He's smart. He distracted her. 
Right? Damn. All right. Yes, go watch it. It's good. It's a good movie. I am excited too. I've never seen it. I know. So uh, they all live happily ever after. Did I say that? You didn't, but I'm so you glad know. you did. You okay. have to. You In have movies to. like this, you have to say it. Except the queen. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Bye. <laughs> so the moral of the story, no matter how small or inferior you may feel, we are all capable of great things. If mm. only we believe in ourselves and trust in our own greatness, we can create Ouch. magic. TM, that was all me. Was that really, Laura? Yeah. Laura, that was, oh my God, am I going to cry? Laura, that was beautiful. <laughs> November, you, attitude of gratitude. Are you a poet? That's right. Attitude of gratitude, my friend. Are you a poet? Wow. Mm, I'm Maybe. Oh, Laura. Add that to my resume. Am <laughs> I a poet? <laughs> and didn't am know I? it? Shakespeare? Okay, now you're not. You ruined it after that. <laughs> I take back everything I just said. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for some fun facts? I would love some. All right, got to check out the artwork for the poster because it's hilarious. Val Kilmer's luscious locks blown in the breeze. Love that. Priceless. Is it cheesetastic? It is cheesetastic. All right, so you asked about the budget and all that kind of stuff. Did I? Yeah, well, it didn't perform as well at the box office uh, as was expected. Oh, shit. George Lucas was hoping it was going to be like an E.T., Oh. Okay. But oh, no. It wasn't. No. And so instead of a sequel, Lucas continued Willow's story in books. Aww. The three books are known collectively as the Chronicles of the Shadow War. Oh, cool. And they include the books Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and Shadow Star. Hey, original. Was that the original Twilight? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, I need to have them. Right. Because cute. Gotta have them. Yeah. I like Willow. Cute. Yeah. Warwick Davis was only 17 when he made Willow. Wow. And Lucas had specifically written the film for him after meeting him on Star Wars Return of the Jedi, which oh, was wow. his first movie. Oh, cool. And he played a wicket. A wicket? Yeah. I'm not even going to attempt to say, talk Star Wars. Right? We will get, no, 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 Lord, back it up, back it up. No. We're about to get roasted. Right, right. Fact check, cut this out. I know. <laughs> ah, ah. All right. Uh, Val Kilmer ad-libbed a good bit of his dialogue. You way to go, Val. Right. And after meeting on the set of the film, Joanne Wally would later become Joanne Wally Kilmer. Hey, those luscious locks, man, they were blowing. There you go. They were she blowing. was liking what she was seeing. <laughs> Locked it down. Locked it down. TM. TM, babe. That was good. I want a sticker with him and his locks blowing that says lock it down. I love it. We, love we need to do that. Yeah. All right, Ron Howard announced in 2020, more than 30 years after its release, that Willow will be getting a series set to release on Disney+. Plus. Really? Speculated that Warwick Davis will return as Willow, but not sure on Val Kilmer's return, Damn. given his uh, struggles with throat cancer. Wow, okay. This was my favorite fun fact. And I cannot make this up. What? John Cusack oh, no. was up for the role of Mad Mardigan. Are you shitting me? But lost out to Kilmer. And apparently he considers this his biggest disappointment. You know what? You were made for each other. <laughs> Honest to God. Out of that, this is your biggest disappointment, John. Oh. Not that Bernie didn't get presidential election. Yeah. And right, honey, right. I've seen some of your movies that were stinkers. You know, this was the disappointment. Oh, oh You were made no. for each other. John Cusack makes no stinkers. Cusack. Cusack. Um, I would be disappointed, too, if I lost out on wearing that wig that Val Kilmer had on. He got married because of those locks. That's he right. did. He locked it down. I guess. You know what, John? I'd be mad, too. 
<laughs> All right. So here's my lesson. What is it? I was like, there's so much to choose from. Right. Um, a brief history of magic wands. <gasps> wands. We haven't really talked about magic wands. We, we have did, not. I talked about the elder wand yeah. from Harry Potter. But where did they originate? I don't know. Laura, tell me. All right. So one of the earliest mentions that I could find was believed that they came from the Zoroastrian Magi. Okay. Um, Zoroastrianism is one of the world's oldest and continuously practiced religions based on the teachings from a prophet known as Zoroaster. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, They used what is known as a barsum, which was a bundle of sticks put together, and they used it during their religious ceremonies. Oh, I see. Yeah. So although not a wand per se. Maybe like the start of. Yeah, it's considered like the prototype to the wand that we know today. fun. Okay. Okay. And then one of the first written references to a magic wand Mm -hmm. is credited to our favorites, the Greeks and their mythology. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, Appearing in Homer's The Iliad. Gotcha. He writes of a magic wand, which he calls a rod. Uh, oh. <laughs> used <laughs> dirty. Uh, used by the god Hermes to put people into a slumber. Ah. And then magically the wand could also awaken them. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Uh, it can also be seen in Homer's The Odyssey, where he writes of the goddess Athena, mm. who uses her magic wand to turn Odysseus into an old man and then back to his young self with another wave of his wand. Nice. Nice. All right. Circe uses her magic wand to turn Odysseus's men into pigs, which they kind of pay homage to in a scene in the movie. You oh, can really? see that. Yeah. So oh, that was nice. pretty cool. Uh, wands were introduced into the occult through a 13th century Latin grimoire entitled The Oathbound Book of Honorus, Ooh. or Honorius, maybe. Okay. Okay. Nice. Uh, this book mentions two types of magical sticks, the wand and the staff. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. The wand, of course, is thinner and smaller. Okay. And the staff being larger. Right, right, right. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Lore. Uh, In the book, it clearly states that the wand should be made of virgin hazelwood. So a virgin wood would be like new growth. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, It would have to be cut from the tree in a single stroke which was to occur at sunrise on a Wednesday. Mm. And all of this needed to happen for your wand to possess power. Oh, I love Interesting. that. I love that. Okay. The wand ideas from this book and other ideas taken from this grimoire would later be utilized in the 16th century grimoire known as the Key of Solomon, ah. which would become very popular in the occult circles for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. In 1862, Eliphas Levi, a French occultist writes a book entitled The Philosophy Occult in which he mentions many a magical tool, tool, <laughs> many a magical tool, um, including the wand. Mm. He refers to it as the lotus wand. The lotus wand. Mm-hmm. I like that. Right. Um, in 1888, we will now see the English translation of the Key of Solomon by Samuel Mathers. Okay. And he was one of the co-founders of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Damn, we're connecting a lot of dots. Collecting collectin dots. I'm collecting dots. Did you say 1888? 1888. That's when the book that I referenced was from. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, these two publications would then inspire the Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerald Gardner, creator of Wicca, Alistair Crowley's Thelema, 
in utilizing the magic wand in their rituals. Right. Right? Yeah. If you are a little lost, we have done we've done episodes on everything she's talking about. Yeah. So we did an episode on Aleister Crowley. We did one on the Golden, um, Dawn. The Golden Dawn and all of this stuff is mentioned. So go back and check that so out. So girl, you are connecting I am a lot connecting of dots, today. dots. And even this next one, because in nineteen oh nine we have the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. I was wondering if that was gonna come in. And of course they, you know, belong to the Golden Golden Dawn, and most other decks are based on their deck. Right. And they are the ones that implemented the suit of wands. Right. Associating to Eliphas Levi and his version of the Key of Solomon. Okay. Interesting. And we also did, you know, an episode on Rider Waite Smith. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Wow. So. Rounding it all out, in the 1950s, a Czech occultist named Franz Barden, who also was a concentration camp survivor, wrote three books which served as your how-to on all things magic, Okay, which became what was considered a best self-help book for occultists of the time. Damn. And, of course, you guessed it. He talked about the magic wand. Hell yeah, he did. All right. Right? Yeah. So in pop culture, the wand then is brought into the collective consciousness in 1939's Wizard of Oz. We have Glinda the Good Witch using her wand for good and the Wicked Witch of the West using her wand for evil. Uh, We have C.S. Lewis's and his uh, Chronicles of Narnia Mm -hmm. and the White Witch. Disney brings it on home with (laughs) Fantasia, the Little Mermaid, the Sword in the Stone, Peter Pan. Oh, my God. Pinocchio, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, on and on and on. They love them some rods and wands. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the world of Harry Potter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is my introduction into the magic wand. I would say Harry Potter really, like, upped the wand because then you could go and get them and, like, the whole picking the wand and it was, like, an experience. Yeah, yeah, I feel like wands really had their moment. Oh, yes, (laughs) absolutely. And now they're, you know, kind of ubiquitous. Right. In, you know, in pop culture. Oh, sure. Anything like that. They pop up all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm really glad you talked about that. That's really cool. Yeah, because even though this was pretty specific on what type of wood and what type of how you had to harvest it. I mean, wands today are made from many different woods. They're made from many different, like, it doesn't have to be wood. Right, You know, so, you know, they've expanded on that a little. Absolutely. I feel like wands can find you, too. Yeah, which is how it happens in the wand shop, right? Right. In Harry Potter, yeah. But speaking of, fact check Jake, while we were in Forks. Oh my gosh. You found a wand. Yeah, at the beach. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I guess it fits the mold. It's not uh, long and thin, but it is a uh, short and squat. Yeah. So it's a chode yeah. wand and a little tuna can. <laughs> oh it's, we kept calling it a chode wand. Oh my gosh. But it looks like a little wizard. It looks like a wizard. It looks like a little wizard. And it's interesting because fact check Jake has been like tapping into his magic and his energy. Yeah. And yeah. he found hagstones. He at found that beach. three hagstones. I found three. Yeah. yeah. And we have to say that, like, that there is a huge concentration of driftwood in that area on that beach. And right. so there was just so much to choose from. Beautiful pieces. I think we all brought, you know, beautiful pieces home. And right. Yeah. And you're actually reading the Key of Solomon right now, right? I'm reading the Lesser Key of Solomon. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Similar vibe, though. Awesome. All right, so, um, you know, I thought that was magically delicious. Lore, I love that. (laughs) That was cute, right? Um, Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. And I like that, like, we said it could be a found 
object mm-hmm. or now it has kind of opened yeah. up and yeah. trust your gut like your lesson right? and oh, yeah. oh I like Cute. that I would be curious to hear about how people implement wands in their craft absolutely absolutely I really would because yeah. it's not like I've never been drawn towards them, mm-hmm. but I find them so interesting. Yeah, I definitely want an elder wand, mm-hmm. and I want um, a like um, a hawthorn wand. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I could wands make sense for you mm-hmm. for sure. I mm-hmm. love that. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm, I need to go watch Willow. You I think do. I'm down with that movie. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. You'll yeah. really like it. Wow, what a magical episode I today! Know, fun. Very whimsical love, yes. and fantastical. Yes, go check both of those. Both yours was awesome. All right. Well, do you want to do killer quotes of the week? Let's do it. All right. All right, it's Laura's turn to pick out of the pumpkin. Let me see. What do we got? What do we got? What's the killer quote of the week? All right. All right. What's the matter, Sydney? You look like you've seen a ghost. Wow. From Scream. And that's at Trinity Elise. Wow. Hopefully I said that right. Thank you, Trinity. Thank you. We love a Scream reference. And you know what I'm going to say? What? Matthew Lillard has made it into yet another episode. The King. Maddie L. We love you. (sighs) All right. right. Well, that was a nice, cozy Cozy yes. episode. I need to go cozy up by the fire and enjoy this November. I know. It's with November a cup of mood. tea. Oh, yes. Tea. All right. So you do the same and we'll talk to you next week. All right. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.